Happy Tuesday, film nuts all over the movie planet. I'm Joe Sarah, and you are listening to the Movie Planet Review Show. Now, this week is a special show because, again, we're going back into the archives. We are going to do RoboCop today from 1987, and we had recorded a RoboCop podcast once before on our previous podcast, The Movie Playground. And this was actually, I believe, Joel's very first show with us. So it's me, JC, and Joel, and we're all just kind of riffing around with RoboCop and having a good time with this movie. There are some sound problems with this one. I can't get rid of the sound problems. There's a wicked echo, so just bear with it. Uh, We do have a lot of fun with this, so please enjoy the show. With Joe. Drop it. That are alive, you are coming with me. JC. Thank you for your cooperation. Good night. I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> and Joel. God, you girls are so great. I mean, I just, I love to be with intelligent women. Smart is so sexy. Bitches leave. <clears throat> Welcome to the Movie Playground, your source of information for popular movie news. I'm your host, Joe, and with me is the Ed 209 to my RoboCop, JC. How are you, pal? You know, if you go over to the zero, 29 is actually my favorite number it's- of all time. 29 was the very first number I was given because I was the fat kid on the soccer team. And so, like, I had to get one of the big jerseys. So I had the 29 jersey. <laughs> And 29's been my favorite number ever since. I love the number 29. So I, if you got rid of the zero, I'd be totally fine being your Ed 29. You're my Ed 29. And we also have a guest today. We have our officer, Ian Lewis. We do have a guest. Joel, how are you? I am humbled to be here. <laughs> oh, uh, Jesus. First time caller, what the hell happened to long him? Long time listener. <laughs> I was it's a sad day for the show. <laughs> If you want to get a hold of us, you can email me at movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook at movieplanetpod, Twitter, and Instagram at movieplanetpod. Now, it is Tuesday, July 17th. Normally, we like to crank these things out on Wednesdays, but uh, we had to push things a little bit, so we're doing a Tuesday, July 17th, and the following movies premiered on this date. We had, and I'm going to go in order from oldest to newest, if you will, uh, Arthur in 1981. I had Endless Love in 1981, Jaws the Revenge in 1987, RoboCop in 1987, The Frighteners in 1996, The Mask of Zorro in 1998, Stealth in 2005, Lady in the Water in 2006, The Purge Anarchy in 2014, and last year on the state, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets in 2017. Now, of all those movies, there's only... One that really, it's the most impactful and entertaining uh, and meets our 20-plus-year-old um, requirement, and that is RoboCop. Uh, there's a lot of pop culture references that we use today in films that go back to RoboCop, and so we're going to start with that one. I think that this is an action classic also. Is it really worth your time? We're going to find out today. Now, on this show, we will be keeping track of all the movies worth your time in our Movie Planet Preserve. This is a continuation of what we did on a previous podcast called The Movie Playground, which those of you that have been listening all along are probably very familiar with. On the movie playground, what we did was we we compared movies according to their dominant genre. So, for instance, Caddyshack is an all-time great. Godfather's an all-time great. But you really can't compare the two. 
okay? You should say that Caddyshack is one of the best comedies of all time and Godfather is one of the best mob movies of all time or dramas of all time. Uh, that way, they stay in their own respective categories of greatness, if you will. When we did RoboCop almost two and a half years ago, we looked at it and we were like, is this a science fiction movie or is this an action movie? And in the end, we decided this was a science fiction movie. So we decided to compare RoboCop to other movies that we had done at the time. At that time, there wasn't too many. I think it was just Jurassic Park. Uh, we may have done Star Trek The Motion Picture by then, but I don't know. As of right now, the pantheons are, or the, the science fiction pantheon starts with Interstellar at the top, and then Jurassic Park, then Jurassic World, then the Lost World Jurassic Park, then Star Trek The Motion Picture, and then Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And then at the very bottom, on, the, on like outskirts, is Jurassic Park 3. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about RoboCop, and we're going to figure out where it falls within the entire thing. And at the end of the episode that I'm going to replay for you guys, I'm going to go back onto this, and I'm going to tell you where it ends up falling grade-wise. So we hope you enjoy our analysis. Should we get into RoboCop? Yeah, this may take a while. I don't think it will. Okay. We get the best of both worlds. The fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you RoboCop. This guy is really good. He's not a guy, he's a machine. Old Detroit has a cancer. Cancer is crime. Let the woman go. You are under arrest. You, you better back up, pal. Your move, creep. What are your prime directives? You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. Anything you say may be used against you. A cyborg, you idiot. You recorded every word you said. You're dead. We killed you. His memory is admissible as evidence. You're gonna have to kill it. Get in the car, for God's sake! <laughs> The future of law enforcement. This week we're discussing 1990s Robocop, directed by Paul Verhoeven. Bitches, please. Which is Paul Verhoeven's first American film, and he makes a cameo in this movie. He's the gas station attendant. I didn't know that. Yeah. Love that. The one doing the math. Nerd. (laughs) Good luck in school. (laughs) This was his first American film. Uh, He subsequently did, like, you know, Basic Instinct. He did Starship Troopers. Uh, so his films are known to be satirical and occasionally violent or overly sex. <laughs> I'm okay with both. Uh, this is starring Peter Weller as Alex J. Murphy slash RoboCop. The first time I saw this, when I saw him, I'm like, oh, it's Grand Moff... No, that's not Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> I did. When I first saw him, I'm like, it's, it's young Moff Tarkin. He looks like a young Peter Cushing. He does. Yes. Uh, Nancy Allen as Officer Ann Lewis. Ronnie Cox as Dick Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Kurtwood Smith as Mr. Foreman, I mean, Clarence J. Bodiger. <laughs> Bitches leave. <laughs> and Miguel Ferrer as Bob Morton. Okay. Little trivia. This movie was made for $13 million. 
and it raked in $53 million worldwide in 1990. That's a lot. That's a nice chunk. Yeah. Nice chunk of change. Especially for a movie as... I wonder if... Was this rated R? Okay. It had to be rated R. We'll get to it. Because I'm wondering if this was like the popular rated R movie before Deadpool. Okay. I'm going to get to the rating in a few. Okay. Okay, because there's a wicked story about this. It was discovered that when in full RoboCop custom, Peter Weller could not fit properly into the police car as he was too bulky. That's why most of the shots show him exiting the car or preparing to get into it. For shots where he actually needed to be in the car, he only wore the top part of the costume and sat in his underwear. However, to maintain the illusion that RoboCop wears the entire suit while inside a car, most shots show his robotic feet exiting the car first. Hmm. Now, this is, this is my favorite because I'm from the Detroit area. Some to twenty-five I'm years. Sorry for you. Some twenty-five years later, an internet rumor began to get funding for a RoboCop statue to be placed in Detroit. You know, I'd be okay with that. Peter Weller himself created a public service announcement to support the proposal, and it is hysterical. If you ever get a chance on YouTube to check it out, do it. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Was it like completely satirical, or was he being totally serious? That's why it's funny. It's a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. Even better, the movie takes place in Detroit. However, it was completely filmed in Dallas, Texas, except for a steel mill part that was filmed in Monesson, Pennsylvania. Monesson. Monesson. Oh, it is Monesson. It is Monesson. Because I wrote the... Monesson. How to say it here. Yeah. So that's my city right there. A city who doesn't recognize the film was not filmed in their city. So apparently it wasn't the little D, it was the big D. 27 years after the movie's release, Detroit did actually file for bankruptcy. So foreshadowing. Yes. Uh, because the hands of the RoboCop suit were made from foam rubber, the car keys would bounce off of Peter Weller's hand every time he attempted to catch them. The production took up to 50 takes an entire day's worth of filming before finally getting the shot correct. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just that. I'll take them. Sometimes the trivia is better than the actual movie itself. <laughs> <laughs> the special effects were generated with, an, with, an, with a Commodore Amiga computer. I've heard of Commodore. I've never heard oh, of Oh, you're too old for, or too young for that? I've heard of Commodore. Okay. I've never heard of the Omega. And I always thought it was Omega. Omega. A-M-I-G-A. Oh, well, never mind. I can't even spell. Okay, now we get to the rating. The movie was originally given an X rating by the MPAA. Well, hell yeah, considering the amount of blood. Actually. Due to its graphic violence. Yeah. In sharp contrast to most other X-rated movies that received the rating due to strong sexual content. Yeah, I was going to say, there wasn't really a whole lot of sex. It's just Blood. To appease the requirements of the ratings board, Verhoeven reduced the blood and gore in the most violent scenes in the movie, including Ed 209's shooting of Kenny in the boardroom. He reduced it? <laughs> Bobby being shot in the leg, the Boddicker gang's execution of Murphy with shotguns, and the final battle with Boddicker, in which Robocop stabs him in the neck with his neural spike and Boddicker's blood spatters onto Robocop's chest. Verhoeven also added humorous commercials throughout the news broadcast to lighten the mood and distract from the violent aspects of the movie, including the 6,000 SUX sedan, the sucks. <laughs> After 11 original X ratings, the film was eventually given an R rating. So they tried 11 times to, to get, get it. it to R. Wow. Even better, the original uncut version was included on the Criterion Collection and the DVD of the film, both out of print now, the 2005 Trilogy box set and the 2007 Anniversary Edition, the latter two, were released by MGM and were unrated. The, two, the 2014 Blu-ray 4K Master Edition also features this unrated cut. I want to see this cut. I don't. If, this be, was, if that's too much blood. If that's, I want to see how bad it got. More power to you. I Give mean, the man a hand. It's all, cor- <laughs> it's all corn syrup. It's just hard to believe that... They reduced after, it. <laughs> well, I mean, not even that, but the stuff that's put out now... 
that there was something in the 80s that they said, hey, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> the 80s were a lot more liberal with what they wanted to put in movies. Yep. Yeah, but for it to be taken out of print now, yeah. <clears throat> some bad, I mean, there's some hard yeah. movies to watch. Django is pretty bloody. It's not yeah. this bloody. No, no, but the scene where at the very end where he's show, shooting everybody in the, in the house. That's a good scene. Uh, yeah. It's pretty rough. It's uh, still not as bad as the Boddicker gang scene. Peter Weller turned down a role in King Kong Lives to star in this film. Smart move by him. Yes. Dumb move by RoboCop to put him in it. Yes. Uh, and this is a Die Hard comeback. A little trivia from Die Hard that I want you to remember here. Wait, what? Do you know who was in talks with director Verhoeven to play the lead in RoboCop this time? Mr. Willis? Tom Berenger. Ooh. So he got passed over for Die Hard, and he got passed over for RoboCop. I think Berenger would have been better than Weller. Think of how Berenger's career would have changed if he did Die Hard and RoboCop. And They'd be good movies. Well, no, Willis Willis was good in, in Die Hard. Well, I, I, saying, I think how would Berenger's career have changed? Berenger would have been a better RoboCop. I really do think he would have been a better RoboCop. No offense, Weller, but you're... Yeah. You played a robot. I'll give you credit. You played a robot. <laughs> Even when you were all human. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, were you excited to see this movie, Joel? Yes. I've been wanting to see this for a while. <laughs> I was just intrigued, and I loved it. Um, I was excited to watch it, just yeah. to see it from... To be born in 91, and then watch a movie that came out in the context of 1987, I enjoyed. Yeah. And to be able to look back and be like, okay, this is what I've seen, and this is how much things have changed, and I'll, give it to that. I'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. But I, I was excited to watch it. Okay. I was also excited to watch it, but then I watched it, and I'm like, huh. What? Like, I remember loving this movie. I remember, I think this was another one of those movies where my neighbor had the VHS. We'd go over. My parents didn't know I was watching it. We were all excited because we were watching it when we weren't supposed to watch it. And I just remember thinking, like, oh, I'm I'm so grown up. I'm such a, a big kid because I'm watching this film that I'm not supposed to watch. I bought the DVD here in Nashville. I want to say it was McKay's purchase. So there's a nice plug. Uh, McKay's. McKay's. And I think I watched it. No, I don't think I watched it at all once I bought it. I just was like, oh, I need to have that film. And then I watched it for this podcast because I'm like, yeah, I liked Robocop. Very much a chance of the nostalgia in my head. Remembering one thing. Yeah. And then watching it as a 33 year old. So I'm very interested to hear Joel's perspective because I'm. I loved it as a kid. I remember thinking like, yes, I'm 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 a cool hip kid because I'm watching this film that I'm not supposed to watch and it's great and they're laughing and I'm laughing and we all think this is great. And then I watch it as an adult, I'm like, oh, this is just shit. Yeah. I remember this movie coming out and my parents saying there's no way in hell you're seeing this. And uh then Seeing it later on, I was on TV, so I saw a censored version. Which Yeah, and I think my first time viewing it was on TV until my neighbor got the VHS. But even the censored version was pretty, pretty bloody. Yeah. Uh, so, I, but I liked it. I'm surprised at how consistently I've seen this movie over the years. Like, every couple mm. of years it shows up, I'm like, okay, I'll watch RoboCop again. So, I've kind of changed so much watching this movie from where I was when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, the gun is amazing. The RoboCop gun is amazing. And then now I'm at MH where I'm like, they would have run out of ammo within the first three shots. Yep. Uh, <laughs> where where do they put the clip? Are bullets free? <laughs> <laughs> do they just magically appear in the chamber? But it's still there's some there's something about Verhoeven's movies where it always sticks to commercials in there, and you sit there going, okay, this is what a glimpse of the future is going to be. And I love the fact that the kids are playing a game called Nukem, <laughs> which is yeah. 
And I love the fact that you have, you know, a doctor walking around talking about your heart you can get, a mechanical heart. Here's our athlete's heart. And we're kind of at a point where we're having some of that technology today. Yeah. To a point. But the little and the newscasts are great also. Oh, those are some of the best parts of the film. Which that was when they just gave the news and no opinion. Don't you miss that day? Like, I watched it last night. I was like, does anybody younger than us remember that? No. Even the news, the, the regular uh, that's, news today. That's a question for Joel. Do you ever remember being able to watch the news without having to, like, put a filter up and be like, okay, am I getting this side or this side? And just being able to watch the news is just the facts. Do you ever remember that? The only time that I think I could remember that is when I was of the age where I didn't know the difference. Like, okay. I, didn't, I, I didn't have a mind to say, this is political, this is not political. Like this, But in the age, but like going from the time that you were aware of what's going on, what do you, what's your takeaway? Oh, yeah. I just knew that it was, you had to choose either CNN or Fox. So <laughs> yeah, you yeah had, pretty much. Like you had to choose one source. Mm-hmm. And, and that source would be twisted either one way or the right. other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't until this year where I was, able to like kind of find a source that said this is just what the news is we'll let you formulate your own opinion but it's also this like hidden network that no one watches exactly you were were kind of born into the 24-hour cycle yeah you know whereas we you know i remember remember when you got like if you watched the six o'clock news or the eight o'clock news you got 30 minutes of what happened the facts no opinion and then you went to bed like that was it not only that we also grew up in an era where when you got home from school you did your homework the family would sit around the TV, and mom would put on, or my dad would put on the news, and, and you, you would have to sit there and watch it because there's no other TVs in the house. Nope. And you became more informed about things going on in the world based on the facts you saw. And you weren't allowed to talk, and you also got like your mom and dad would argue over what's going on, and you would sort of formulate, but it was your parents arguing the yeah. perspectives. It wasn't the person on the news giving the news. Right. Anyway, okay. we had a nice little tangent, but I wanted. It's interesting to get that perspective because we do remember that. Mm-hmm. Well, even just the news alone, I think kind of translates to just even the movies. So you look at RoboCop, you all say, I remember watching this being like, this is the best. I love RoboCop. This is just such a fun movie. Even me, like going back watching movies like Terminator, Caddyshack, Major League. Yeah. I feel like before around like 94, 95, Movies were just made to entertain you. You watched movies, said, give me something that's just fun to watch, entertain me, and then you left. You're like, I was entertained. That was fun to watch. I remember being in middle school and people, uh, me talking about a movie, and they said, well, that wasn't realistic. That would never happen. And so (laughs) movies just turned into... That's a good point. That's a very good point. It's like movies went from, I'm going to be entertained, to... You You need to prove something to me. Yes, convince me that this can actually happen. Oh, that's a good point. So that's that's why I loved... Now you see me? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Because it was just yeah. No, this could, it might, but it's it was but just But it's too entertaining. Yeah, it yeah. was just an, an entertaining movie. And so they just don't make it anymore. Like mm-hmm. the last I don't know, the last people to really just come out with an entertaining movie other than that was when they did old school and stuff like that. It was just so absurd and exaggerated. Oh. Uh, one of the I agree with your point, but old school is a movie that annoys me. I love but old I, school. I may be too is, I, I'm a, I may be the old fuddy duddy in the room. Like I just don't find that movie funny. It's, it's like up there with Neighbors and... Which is great. Wedding Crashers, did you like that? I did like Wedding Crashers, actually. It's in the same vein as that. I know, and I agree with that statement. I don't like old school. I don't like Neighbors. I'm not an old school fan. Yeah. I just, that's... I feel like that was when it was just saying... You're right. That movie was made movie. solely to entertain. Even I do like agree with that. like the Sandler movies. But you can't come out with a Sandler movie anymore because it's like, oh, that's dumb. Yeah. They're all on Netflix now. <laughs> yeah, Netflix yeah. only. 
Okay, you ready for a synopsis? Yeah, let's go through it. Okay, in the near future, Detroit, Michigan is a dystopia and on the verge of total collapse due to a fi- due to financial ruin and a high crime rate. So, 2014. The mayor signs a deal with the mega corporation Omni Consumer Products (OCP), giving it complete control of the underfunded Detroit Police Department. So, Chrysler and the Detroit Police got it. Well, it is funny because in the news <laughs> they do talk about Lee Iacocca <laughs> Elementary School, who was the president of Chrysler at the time. <laughs> I didn't know that, but that's funny. In exchange, OCP will be allowed to turn the rundown sections of Detroit into a high-end utopia called Delta City, which will function as an independent city-state free of the United States. You know, I didn't know any of that until I read this synopsis, and I'm like, <laughs> did I not pay attention to the beginning of the movie? It was in the newscasts. Oh, is that it? Okay, yeah. I must not have been paying attention to the beginning. But the funny thing about this is, when you when you look at it, they basically said we're handing over the police department to a corporation to deal with. Oh, I got that part. Yeah. Which is kind of everybody's complaint today about corporations and all that stuff that they're taking over too much, privatizing things and it's why we got rid of private prisons and all that stuff. Yeah. OCP senior president Dick Jones. <laughs> Every time I say that, you start <laughs> laughing, aren't you? I am because it's just funny. Proposes <laughs> <laughs> replacing the police with the Ed 209 enforcement droid. Ed 29. Now, when you first see this thing, it looks badass. But it doesn't look it should be street legal. <laughs> no, not at all. No. <laughs> at its first demonstration, however, Ed 209 malfunctions and gruesomely kills a board member. Gruesomely? Just gruesomely? That, that's saying it lightly. I yeah, think. really. <laughs> How many gallons of cornstarch was used in that scene? And Someone I, call I, a paramedic. I mean gallons. <laughs> oh. uh, <laughs> Bob Morton, an ambitious employee, uses the opportunity to introduce his own experimental cyborg design, RoboCop. To Jones's anger, the company chairman approves Morton's plan. Meanwhile, police officer Alex Murphy arrives at his new precinct following an OCP-directed transfer where he is introduced to his partner, Ann Lewis. Let's stop here and discuss everything that's just happened because the boardroom scene alone deserves a good five, ten minutes of discussion. And sure. an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of things great about this scene and a lot of things very wrong about this scene. All right, go ahead, Joel. Which <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is, I mean, it, I didn't know, I still didn't know what to think about the movie. I was like, it, is it a comedy? Is it an <laughs> action movie? It's stop just, motion. Just everything that's happening. Uh, like, CGI doesn't hold up. You, your guy just got blue in half, and they're like, someone call a doctor, as if the doctor's <laughs> going to be able to plug in an IV. <laughs> but we learn later, apparently that's possible, <laughs> but we'll, we'll continue. So, so is this your image of the 80s? Like, we just were stupid <laughs> in terms of what was actually It was that we believed more things on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> just a fun exaggeration of like, hey, guess, what do you think could happen? I'll tell you what might happen. <laughs> <laughs> just gallons of fake blood will flow everywhere. Uh, so, many, so many squabs. <laughs> the squibs? Squibs. I'm sorry. That's a squabs. <laughs> you did. <laughs> what the hell's a squab? So the first thing is he tells them, Point your gun at Ed 209 in a menacing manner. I'm sorry. The thing's not even turned on yet. I'd be like, fuck off. I quit. (laughs) (laughs) It's got two gigantic cannons. Pointed at me. Yeah. Also, if it's just a demonstration, why are there live rounds in this thing? Why are there live rounds? (laughs) And why does this guy still have a job? (laughs) Who, Dick? Yeah, Dick. And like, I love how the chairman is like supposed to be seen as the good guy. I'm like, you're the that allowed all this to happen. Oh, the old man? Yes, like throughout <laughs> this whole thing, like at the end, you're like, you're fired. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's just like, 
You're the reason this whole movie took place in the first time because you just sat there and was okay with blood and guts. He also has no name in this movie. He's just called the old man in the credits. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> like this I hom- thought it was like the chairman. This is this homicide in a board meeting. He just like puts his hand, his face in his hands, like ah. I'm strike disappointed. One. <laughs> I'm really disappointed in you. <laughs> Do better. Uh, so great. But maybe though. we've. It's sort of like Joel's point before. Like we should have just been entertained by this, and we were as kids. But now, as adults, we're looking at it like that's not realistic. That's not what would happen. We've been changed. We've been warped yeah. to what we're supposed to believe movies are now. I am still Whereas enjoying this it, scene though because <laughs> it is so farcical. It, it is. Yeah. I and I think some of the reasons why you see the guy put his head down and all that stuff, and you go, "That's not realistic." He's trying is, not to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's also though. Paul Verhoeven making a point in that we are at a point now in this society where corporations don't give a Right. I agree with that. And he might be saying that in this. So in in some ways, I can kind of buy the situation itself. Yeah. However, you know, the the stop motion just doesn't work anymore. It looks bad. Although the voice of Ed 209 still is badass. Yeah. I can. You have 20 seconds to comply. (laughs) You have 15 seconds. What? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 10 <Run>. seconds. <laughs> Doesn't it growl at him, too? Yes. Yeah, that's, uh, I myself in the boardroom. Oh, yeah. let's talk about Peter Weller joining the scene here. He's introduced in the precinct. Oh, I'm here. I got transferred. Yeah, he does a robot really well as a human. There is no <laughs> charisma in this man whatsoever. No. He got cast because he probably plays a robot like a robot. He got cast because he was the only one that could fit in the suit. That could be it, too. He was very thin. They wanted people like Schwarzenegger at some point, you know, Behringer, mm-hmm. a bigger guy. They wouldn't have never fit. They couldn't have fit in that suit. And, I mean, especially when you look at the waist of him and everything, that's a pretty tight suit. of like C-3PO quality almost. Yeah. Okay. So he's introduced to Ann Lewis, who's a badass who's going to just beat the shit out of people in the lobby of a police department. While chomping on her gum. Blowing bubbles. <laughs> I drive. I always drive to break in a new partner. You know what's funny is that Nancy Allen is a very underrated hottie in the 80s. Oh, dude, she was totally hot in the 80s. Yeah. I don't underrate her. I definitely thought she was hot. Well, I'm saying That's she's... why I was hoping when this was a rated R, there was going to be something else as a teenager to see. No, it was just blood. Well, you do get a classic Verhoeven shower scene. He always puts those in his movies. You know, let's show a bunch of people you know, showering together and they're all naked. Yeah. So you got, you got some booby in there. It's very quick. Like, if it's right when the movie started. Yeah. Okay, on their first patrol, they chase down a gang led by the ruthless criminal Clarence Boddicker, tailing them to an abandoned steel mill. When he and Lewis get separated, Murphy is caught and fatally injured by Boddicker's gang just before Boddicker himself executes the helpless cop. Now, we'll stop here because <laughs> there's, there's, <laughs> there's a lot going on in this scene. First off, we get the classic, I've pulled my dick out and the girl is going to look at it. And Lewis yeah, I know. catches the guy taking a piss. Yeah. He turns around, clearly just, you know, Showing, you know, junk in front of her and waits for her eyes to go down just for a second and then just slaps the gun out of her hand. Forgot about that scene. They made a big point of going like a zoom in on her eyes and her eyes go down like, ah, okay, she wanted the dick. Because that's what we need to know. Yes. Then you go to Murphy. Thank you, you, 80s machismo. Who does a good job of getting the first guy. He he gets him. I I know. But then we are introduced to Mr. uh, Clarence (laughs) Boddicker. You know what he should have he Freudian did not slip there? He did not drop a dumbass line in this movie. Gosh. Which no, he, he didn't. No, which I will oh, put a foot in put your, your ass. foot in your ass. And then we get one of the greatest execution scenes in movie history. <laughs> Do we need a greatest execution scene in movie history? Well, we start with 
him, you know, getting knocked down. Then Crawling. He, yeah. Then, the army crawl. Well, then his hand gets blown off. <laughs> and then they just, like, turn him into Swiss cheese. And yet he's alive. Still alive. The man has will. For one last bullet to the brain noggin. Which, you notice everybody in this movie takes more than one bullet. Oh, I feel <laughs> like if you actually counted, everybody takes like four bullets before they react. I think yeah. there's only, I think the casualty count in this was only 30, though. Really? Yeah, there's, it's only uh, like 30, which uh, means that I believe Die Hard 2 had more casualties than RoboCop. Yeah, but RoboCop outgalloned the cornstarch. Anything stick out for this one, Joel? Yeah, I mean, it took about three rounds for him to actually find, like, go to his knees and be like, all right, I think I'm getting kind of weak. <laughs> <laughs> and then they went through a few more. That one guy was like, ah, oh, I'm out of ammo. <laughs> and then he we blows his hand off. <laughs> Which, that's a rough scene to look at. Oh, yeah. Oh, he stands the up. Whole, the whole thing's rough to watch. For 1987, th- this was... Twisted, yeah. sick, twisted, but it still looks good. He gets his hand blown off. Then he decides to stand up, and then they take him back down. Yeah, that's it. That was what I, I like that part. <laughs> yeah, like, like I'm gonna walk out. That's the <laughs> I got, I got it, guys. I'm gonna walk this off. I'm good. <laughs> I got it. First sign of that RoboCop resilience. So just <laughs> not going down. This is the mental fortitude we needed in Swiss cheese. Bob Morton selects Murphy for the RoboCop program and replaces most of his body with cybernetics. Except for his brain and part of his digestive system. Because we need to eat? Well, he needs that paste, that baby food paste. But you know what's kind of funny is I'm kind of rooting on Bob Morton right now. <laughs> Even though he's another dick in the corporate system. Oh, yeah. But we're, he's supposedly the good dick versus the bad dick. Right. Jones. The, RoboCop <laughs> is given three primary directives that we know of. Serve the public trust, protect the innocent, and uphold the law. As well as a classified fourth directive that Morton does not know of. Dun, dun, dun. He single-handedly and efficiently cleans Detroit of crime, earning Morton a promotion to vice president. So, you want to go over his crime spree that he goes on? Go ahead. Let's see. He starts at the med- the little quickie mart yep. with the old, parent- old couple and basically destroys the, hu- the entire store. But he and stops crime. Yeah, but, I mean, we don't care about property values or and, what the city would have to pay out and damages. Walks the f*** out. Because <laughs> lawsuits apparently don't exist in 1987. <laughs> Not to mention, I know lots of places that hide their safe underneath gigantic things of Pepsi and Coke. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the room. <laughs> then, we, then we get the rapists. Yeah. That was pretty aggressive, huh? <laughs> it was a little, a little rough. A little? Took a shot in the dick for it. Well, yeah. Sometimes people deserve what they get. That was a good shot, too. It was a hell of a good right shot. Right through the skirt. Yeah. I mean, he's, he aim, you see his targeting system go, and then he takes the one shot, and you're like, wow, that was pretty close for her, too. Yep. Like, if he just, like, sneezed a little bit during that time. But he's a robot. Yeah. and then, They don't sneeze. But he's serviced, you know, to after she comes to give him a hug, because you give her a hug, and he's like, okay, I'm going to call a grief counselor for rape victims. And you're like, well, so he's got Wi-Fi, too. Impressive. When that wasn't a thing. No. Although it's kind of funny when they did show the locator device of his. How are you going to locate it without any street names on there? Uh-huh. It's, it's just shapes. Did Got, it ever? Gotta love 80s 3D tech. Did it ever say what year this movie takes place in? Or is that part of the mystery of the whole film? It's I just, don't the, think it's it just ever the does. It just happens. Yeah. yeah a future Detroit. Okay. 2017. Okay. There. We're almost there. I'm still going with 2014. Enraged. Jones hires Boddicker to murder Morton in his home. He answers the door, and Boddicker says, 
bitches leave. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's what's funny about this scene. Paul Verhoeven was so into the characters that he only referred to the actors as their characters when he was filming this. They filmed the scene about 40 times because he kept calling the bitches bitches. It's like, okay, bitches, go over there. Bitches, bitches, over there. So the guy who played Boddicker and the guy that played Jones constantly were cracking up every time he did it. (laughs) That's awesome. It is probably one of the most famous lines in this movie, though. Oh, easily. I didn't know about it until they referenced it in Scrubs. (laughs) because JD comes in with Turk and he's like, bitches leave. And they're like, Robocop. And I was like, I need to see that movie. (laughs) I'm sold. And then they gave me a microphone. Okay. Meanwhile, Lewis realizes that Robocop is really Murphy and tells him his real name. So she says, you're Murphy. How does she know? Hey, because he's spinning his gun, right? From one day with it. From one day, man. That's all it takes. He's spinning his gun. Love love at first blood. TJ Laser. Which, should we get into the gun? I, I get the joke about the bullet hose, but it's a cool-looking gun. I remember I had the, the RoboCop action figure, mm. and I would just I would just play with the gun. And I, w- I remember staring at the gun because I just thought it was so cool and so amazing. And then my dog chewed the gun, and all I had was the RoboCop figure and no longer the gun. <laughs> and I cried a lot, and I was so mad at my dog. It's one of the most wicked pieces in gun history, I think. Oh, easily. I mean, they're all at the gun range shooting it, and you can hear his gun over everybody else's, and it's just. The Auto 9. Yeah, I liked how it, it could burst. It was like that automatic burst. It could just blow the side out of a building. <laughs> and could also, like, precisely shoot a dude right in his peep in between a girl's legs. Yeah. It was, it was the all-purpose, it, all-purpose it's, handgun. Sir, there it is. And that was that was the gun it was, of the eighties. And now it's a Desert Eagle. So like, I'm pretty sure the Desert Eagle was made from this gun. Some would say that arguably it's the greatest move uh, greatest gun of the eighties, next to the aliens chain gun that wrapped around the guy that they got to swing around. Yep, I remember that. Yeah. You ever see that movie, Joel? I have not seen Alien. Oh, we're so going to do that at some point. Wow. RoboCop remembers past events from his life and returns to his former home, only to find that his wife and son have moved away. Yes. They, mu- they must have based it off the Desert Eagle because the Desert Eagle was invented, like created, just a couple years before this movie came out. Ah. So it would not have been in wide use when this movie came out. So I wonder if they based it off of the Desert Eagle. Could have. That's actually really kind of cool. Somebody write in and tell me if I'm right or if I'm just crazy. He connects to the well, police. Or he could just tell me I'm crazy anyway. He connects to the police database, looks up Murphy's entry, and discovers Boddicker's gang, who were responsible for his death. And now it's time for revenge. Dun dun dun. Which should not be one of his prime directives, actually. Nope. In fact, now he's going against directives. Which is what shows that he might be a little bit human. Oh, look at that. Oh. <laughs> That was well-timed. <laughs> we, feel, we feel for him. RoboCop tracks down Boddicker to a Coke factory, and after a battle, threatens to kill him. Panicked, Boddicker admits his affiliation with Jones, verbally triggering RoboCop's law-abiding programming. RoboCop arrests Boddicker and turns him over to the police. Can I just get my fucking phone call? Spits blood on the papers. You know, I, I kind of feel bad for the cops in this. Because they're made out to look like morons? They have no say in this. And this one dude is doing it all by himself, a job that they they're are perceived to be, to be doing, not doing very well. Yep. Man. This should be a popular movie today with all the anti-cop stuff going on. Ooh. 
Seriously. No, I know. I'm just saying. Well, I'm not anti-cop. I love my cops. I do, too. They keep me safe. Same. RoboCop arrests Boddicker and turns him over to the police. He then confronts Jones. He goes to Dick's office, confronts Dick. Jones. And attempts to arrest him, but begins to shut down. Uh, Jones uh, reveals... Uh. That he planted the fourth directive, which prevents RoboCop from arresting any member of OCP's executive board. Jones explains his larger goal of taking over OCP and confesses to Morton's murder before activating his personal Ed 209 to destroy RoboCop. Because that doesn't show that corporations are evil. Maybe nice to have that in your office. Yeah, really. Your own personal Ed. Imagine that in your classroom. No. I am. Could have used that last year, right? It, it would just uh, it would just answer the questions that I've already answered three times. That's what. It <laughs> That's true. That would all you just hit repeat. Yeah. During the ensuing battle, Jones calls the police, claiming that RoboCop has malfunctioned and gone rogue. RoboCop manages to escape Ed Two Hundred Nine, but is soon cornered by heavily armed police units and is nearly destroyed. Lewis helps RoboCop escape and takes him to the abandoned steel mill. As RoboCop repairs himself, he and Lewis discuss his former life. He pulls off his mask like Vader. And I love how it's, he's like, this may be jarring for you. And it's literally the least jarring thing she's probably seen all day. Yeah, really? Under pressure by OCP (laughs) and fearing their replacement by RoboCop, the police go on strike. Oh, great. Because that's going to fix things. Now we're in deep. Jones frees Boddicker and supplies his gang with anti-tank rifles and a tracking device to hunt down RoboCop. The gang converge on the steel mill where RoboCop is able to kill most of them. Boddicker eventually subdues RoboCop, but dies after being stabbed in the throat before he can kill him. Let's talk about this battle and Melted Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a real oh. turning point for me. They you, spent you, a lot of time filming him. Oh, yeah. Stomach, <laughs> stomach turned on that one. It, it walked like the hunchback of Notre Dame and just, help me. That was pretty sick looking. This is the why was this in the movie? But thank you for putting this in the movie. <laughs> is this how Daredevil what, what, started? What makes you wonder is what was worse when it was rated X? Oh, like what was worse than what we saw? Yeah, for Melted Man, two I, Melted Men, two Melted <laughs> combined, Takes like one stuck to out. each other. They're gonna yeah. have little Melted Children, conjoined radioactive man. And doesn't he get hit by a car and explode? Yes. Mm. Like, not only do we get him melted, and we get to see that nonstop, but he doesn't get hit. He, he explodes. Exploded. <laughs> it's rough to watch. And then you get him, you know, getting the stabbing in the <laughs> neck. And It was very Assassin's Creed before Assassin's Creed. Yeah. It, it's time. It was pretty cool, though, to see, you know, he's sitting there underneath a pile of rubble and still functioning. He's got will, man. It's, if if Boddicker just would stop talking... He might get some of the work it done. Does, it does make you wonder if Boddicker was the beginning of the film model, of the evil villain monologue joking. Like, I don't know. It's James Bond. Was it? Okay. I mean, they were always monologuing. But he does him. it pretty poorly. Yeah. Yeah. It's... it's it, it, oh, they caught me monologuing again. RoboCop heads back to OCP headquarters where Jones is presented, presenting his improved Ed 209 to the board, which I don't know what's improved on it because it looks the exact same model. I think they changed the color. Oh, okay. I think it was a little darker. Like it had been bright silver, and I think the new version was more black. Oh, okay. They changed the coloring of it. Remove the headphone jack. There you go. <laughs> they took you, uh, Apple. <laughs> <laughs> Apple's Ed two hundred nine. That's all right. They're getting rid of the home button on the next one. Uh, yeah, and they're gonna put it all over the screen now. Apparently, 
Because that'll work. Yeah. Because you know what you want on your screen all the time? Fingerprint marks. RoboCop plays a recording of Jones's confession, exposing his role in Morton's murder along with his sinister plans. Jones takes the chairman hostage, forcing a standoff as RoboCop explains what he, that he cannot intervene due to the fourth directive. The chairman fires Jones from OCP, yes. whereupon RoboCop shoots Jones, who falls through a window to his death with clearly fake arms. Oh, yes. <laughs> far below. Grateful, the chairman quips, Nice shooting, son. What's your name? To which RoboCop replies, Murphy. And I love how the, the chairman of the board is like the hero at the end. And it's like, you're the fucker that started all this. Dude. You were okay with it in the beginning. You don't get to be the good guy at the end. It's Wouldn't he know the guy's name? You would think. It's the only RoboCop around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's the one that's like doing his job in the streets. Or is this more a point that the, the people making the money at the top of corporations are so out of touch, they don't even know what their own company is? It's like that old joke. If you own a company or run a company and you can't say what you do in one sentence or <laughs> less, it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was nominated for three Academy Awards. Come yes. Here. It won for Best Sound Editing. I... But it was also nominated for Best Film Editing and Best Sound Mixing. I get the sound mixing. Really? Film editing? It was nominated. It didn't win. We need to look what it was up against. Yeah, I don't know what it was up against, but I Ugh. it's Ugh. I like the sound editing in it. I don't feel like it's cut together very well. No, 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 no. Of course, I again, feel like this was... A, a, who knows how much they cut out of the story to get true. that rated to, R rating. That's true. <laughs> All right, so, Joel, since this is your first go of it, what did you think after watching the movie? I just, I thought that it was... <laughs> that was the pause. I mean, we've, we have, we talked about, I mean, I think for the time in saying movies are for entertaining, it yeah. did its job. It did its job for entertaining us, giving us something that people kind of had seen before. I mean, it was after Terminator, it was after Aliens, but it wasn't, I couldn't find a movie that had given sci-fi, but presented it in a way that said, this might happen. As yeah. far as the robots, police force, I think this could possibly happen because Terminator, you know, future, whatever, aliens are aliens. But I like that it gave something in, I mean, I look back, I'm sure there are more movies that gave, you know, something that was semi-realistic. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen the show Vice Principals. Oh, I love the HBO. show. No, so great. As teachers, it's hilarious <laughs> watching it because... Yeah, some stuff it's like, yeah, that happens. People will get in arguments or whatever, but everything is just exaggerated mm-hmm. to, to the what you agree. Yeah, like a kid yelling at you on a bus and be like, hey, and like saying exactly what you want to say to them. They yeah. do that. Okay. Or your boss making you mad. So you're like, hey, we're going to sneak into the school and destroy everything. <laughs> it, it would never happen, but it's just exaggerated and it's entertaining at how just ridiculous it is. And I feel yeah. like Robocop did that. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And saying, Yes, I this agree. could happen, but you know what we're going to do? We're going to turn it up to 11, <laughs> <laughs> and we are just going to ruin everything that comes across it. After watching this movie, the first thing I thought was, when you think of the 1980s action films, RoboCop is usually one of the ones you think of. Yep. It is. That being said, it remains in the 80s. It does. It does not make sense in the 2010s. It doesn't move on from the 80s. No. So that's what I think. What about you, JC? What did I think after watching the movie? I actually liked listening to Joel's perspective because Joel is right. He got out of what the movie was meant to, whereas I've become the the more modern, like, wow, this movie was shit. 
sucked because it wasn't realistic <laughs> and it went over the top and all this stuff. Like I'm the I'm the one that was a product of the time, and so I I hearken back to I. That's why I loved it as a kid. Yeah. But I've been conformed. I've been retrained, and now I'm like, wow, this movie is such. But it I liked really I liked 2014. I do like the the new RoboCop to me is better than the original. They fleshed out his character better in the new one. Yeah, like this you only get Alex Murphy for about what seven minutes of total screen time before and he's turned suppo- into RoboCop, and you're supposed to feel for him emotionally when there's no reason to. Yeah, things that worked well, Joel. I think that Kurtwood Smith, Red <laughs> Foreman, for the movie was the perfect villain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And bringing the comic relief to where you don't take the movie too seriously. Because if you make it a, a pure action movie, you're like, no, this was not just a good action movie. Yeah. yeah. But it also wasn't a comedy. No. I think, I don't know. I think he was perfect. Maybe I'm biased from the That 70s Show. I thought that he was exactly what was needed. So when it comes to casting, they got that part right. For in that area. Yeah. In fact, I would say they got everything right in casting except for RoboCop. Yeah. I agree. I like but if, if they did it solely because who could fit in the suit, that really narrows your options. Anthony it's Daniels. Eight. Wow. <laughs> My mind just exploded a little bit with, like, ooh, possibilities. <laughs> Can you could imagine you, RoboCop with C-3PO's voice? C-3PO <laughs> cussing blood, rated X, everything. Wow. <laughs> Anthony Daniels' turn as an action star. Talk about <laughs> ruining your childhood. I think an underrated character in the movie is the police chief at the very beginning oh yeah it just like has no emotion that's grabbing the lawyer he's like scumbags meet in court blah push you out of my <laughs> office yeah and then just like cleaning out the office like another one died guys yeah Tough. officers don't strike give your give your money to the temp behind me just like the <laughs> rick moranis looking guy with a bass like an offering plate saying oh, really i gotta pay for another funeral but yeah that's i loved this that part of the movie what about you jc uh things that worked ooh. There's got to be something you can find that worked in this one. Uh, the sound editing? I'd buy that for a dollar. Was real. I mean, it is <laughs> what worked, the quotes. And Joel even said that later he wants to go through some of the quotes. This is a quotable movie. Oh, yes. And that, that's that's about what I say worked well is it's quotable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know if I'll ever watch this again, actually. After, yeah. after watching it for this review. Yeah. Uh, We've seen it. Yeah. It's there. Uh, th- for me, things that worked well. You know, the Ed 209 is menacing, but there are times when the stop motion is clear. Ugh. And the one thing I didn't like was when it falls down the stairs and it starts squealing like a pig. Yeah. Like, why would you program that into the Ed 209? What, what was the point of that? <laughs> and it was irritating, too, because it was like one of those things that lasted too long. It's like the uh, iPhone alarm. What? The, like, alarm soundtrack that sounds like... It's a fire drill going off, oh, like yeah. that annoying sound that okay. your phone can do. The uh, See, the hip kid got it. <laughs> <laughs> I also think that they did a great job of satirizing the future in this. Oh, yeah. They about got pretty spot on. <laughs> yeah. For when it was made. 87, uh, did you say it was made? It was in made in 87, 87, yeah. So it was, yeah, it was the what it was. Die Hard. Yeah. So let's put that into perspective. All right, Joel, things that didn't work. Uh, just the, the <laughs> realistic aspects of it. <laughs> Everything the, else. Like, you're, you're trying to convince me that, I mean, I get it. I get it, you know. But the blowing him to pieces while he's like, ah, and just like shooting him. <laughs> and then, then they like try to say, oh, we're out of bullets. Like that was stopping anything that was happening. And then the gas station 
where like the gas is everywhere and he's shooting at him, but nothing happens. But he's like, "Ooh, let me put my cigarette out." Explosions. Yeah, yeah. Like the fire and the gun, like the bullets didn't do anything. I don't know. But again, for what it was. Yeah, I I think that there's a lot. I, I here's the thing. I don't know what works and doesn't work anymore in this movie because. I can't tell what the movie's trying to do. If Verhoeven was trying to do things on purpose or not, because I'm not in 1987 anymore. No. And back then I might have known, but today there are so many things in this that have come true that you go, I don't know what how to take this movie anymore. No, you don't. I completely agree, and that's what I was going to say. Things that didn't work well, it doesn't work well for its realism. But I almost want to go back for what works well is. Satire, like if you take this as pure satire, because satire sometimes gets at the truth but makes it ridiculous, and this is perfect satire. We're in an age where we're militarizing drones. Yes, that's what these are. It's exactly what Ed Two Hundred Nine was. Only they didn't squeal like a pig, unless like it's as it crashes to the ground. (laughs) All right, who is the audience for this movie, Joel? Not anybody planning on moving to Detroit. Man. Wait, people want to plan to move to Detroit? Or, or Dallas, for that matter. They did Detroit no favors. Yeah. <laughs> Including, like, the economic help that would have been filming a movie there. <laughs> they literally screwed it on both ends. Yeah, they did. No, I don't know. For I guess for sci-fi fans that wanted something, like, kind of what I said earlier, something new, but they could maybe be real, or just the, oh, we're going to start using robots as a police force, or... Things that didn't include aliens or going back in time, something that was in real life, mm-hmm. and seeing what that might look like, yeah. but maybe in an exaggerated form. It was an exaggerated form of a good, a positive Terminator. Yes. Yeah, that's what it was. What about you, JC? Anybody that likes satire. Okay. I mean, if you are looking for a satire film, this is great. I think that if you are a Paul Verhoeven fan, then this is a must-see. If you grew up and you were around the age of the 80s to appreciate what this was at the time. All right, you'll you'll, you'll probably get nostalgia out of it, but I think you're better off seeing the remake. Uh it's it's an okay movie. It was great when I was in 87. It's not now. No. So there you go. Now I got a question for both of you. Uh-oh. What is the genre for this movie? Is it science Satire. fiction? I don't, I don't. If you put it as science fiction or purely action, it's a shit movie, and it's going to get a really bad grade. Is it sci-fi action then? If it's sci-fi action, I would grade it like a D. But if it's satire, I would grade it like a B or a C plus. Well, and that's the thing. I I don't think all of it is satire. But what other movies would you put in a satirical genre? Are you Sp- like you keep throwing Spinal Tap out there? Like Shaun of that, the that's Dead. A, that's a mockumentary. Seen like Shaun of the Dead. Um, that's a, that, but that's the thing. That's a, that's a horror comedy. Yeah. So maybe it's, maybe, I think at the time, at the time, this was science fiction action. And maybe we should call it that for what it is. And although it's going to get a low grade, it's what it deserves. That's what I had down. Yeah. Okay. So it's like shock value sci-fi action. So yeah. in, in the realm of science fiction action, what do you give it? Joel? I'm gonna go on the pure grading scale. I'm gonna give it a C plus. Wow! It was wow. Uh, that's higher than I. Wow. Because my average is, I would watch it again. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would watch RoboCop again because it was funny enough and it entertained me enough to want to like laugh at it and just enjoy that experience. But I wouldn't give it an above average in the B realm. Gotcha. Yeah. So I would say about C plus. Yep. I'm gonna give this a straight C. 
Because if it's on TV, yeah, I'll watch it. I'm not going to be like, okay, well, I have to watch this. It's average. It is an average movie. It was. It may have been a B plus A in the 80s. It's, it's average now. It, but here's the thing. I don't mind watching it. I could watch it again and be okay. Like, anything lower than average, I'm kind of like, uh, is there anything else on TV? Anything above C, I'm kind of like, okay, I have to watch this. This movie is like like 50-50 shot. Wherever it ends in the movie, wherever it is in the movie when I turn on the TV, it depends on whether or not I'm going to continue watching. (laughs) Which is why it's a D for me. Okay. Because I don't really feel the desire. The only redeeming qualities I have from it is it makes me laugh. So that takes it up from an F to a D minus. And it's quotable, which takes it up from a D minus to a D. So, which is kind of because last week you started at the A and you started knocking things down on it to get to your grade. Yeah, I was uh, seriously when the remake is better than the original, which doesn't happen very often. Like you have to start at the bottom and work up. Okay, so revisiting the science fiction preserve, if you will. Uh, we have interstellar. Now, our grading scale is on a 12 points scale. We go from an A, which is a 12, to an F, which is a 1. Actually, I think F's a 0. Nope, F is a 1. So, Interstellar got an A, got a perfect score of a 12.00. Jurassic Park in 1993 got an A with an 11.5. Jurassic World in 2015 got a B with a 10.5. The Lost World, Jurassic Park, which was the second movie, got a C minus, but it's slightly higher. It got a 5.5. A C minus is usually around a 5. So, it became Jurassic World, or I meant The Lost World, Jurassic Park, and then Star Trek The Motion Picture. Also, they both received a 5.5, which falls in the C-minus realm. RoboCop, based on our grades, Joel gave it a C, I gave it a C, and JC gave it a D. That's a 6 plus a 6 plus a 3. Makes it 15 divided by 3. That is a straight 5. So, RoboCop is going to end up the 6th spot on our list with a straight C, 5.00. Then after that, it's Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And that right now is our science fiction preserve so as we review more movies we'll be able to put more movies in there and kick certain movies out the idea is to eventually have in that whole preserve all a's and a minuses to show that this is the best of the best that you should really look for but right now because we did the entire jurassic park and jurassic world series this is where it's at right now so hopefully if you guys want to suggest more things out there for us to review we would love to do it and uh, we will certainly make time for it. So make sure you send uh, send us those things via Twitter. That's all I got time for today, Movie Planeteers. Next week, we will be reviewing Caddyshack. Now, if you have not seen this movie, that's your homework assignment. You got to go home. You got to find it on some kind of platform. I don't care if it's Amazon. I don't care if it's Netflix or On Demand on Comcast. I don't care. Find it. Watch it. And then listen to the show next Wednesday when we talk about Caddyshack. This, again, will be another reissue of the movie Playground just so we can get things moving on our end with the newer shows. If you have any suggestions for movies you'd like us to review, you can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to pass the word on to your friends about the show. Subscribe on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, or Spotify, or anything that you can find, and help the show get on its feet with a four- or five-star review on any of those platforms. The more people hear about us, the more we can expand more and more and more, and eventually, I don't know, maybe start getting some donation drives in for certain uh, reviews of franchises, if you will. 
Tweet with any questions, comments, theories, and I'll try to fit them into the show next time we're on the air. Send those tweets to at MoviePlanetPod and like us on Facebook and Instagram using the links in the show notes. Special thanks to Twisterium and Sound J Music for providing all of our music in the show. And thanks for listening to the Movie Planet Podcast. And happy movie watching. Bye, Steve. We're out. <laughs>